Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. It's great to have you here. Two weeks in a row. I know. This is ex- we should we should make a we habit do out this of this. Every week. I'm down with that. We sh- let's do a podcast <gasps> every week. Brilliant. You know we're almost Made it soap. <laughs> we're almost at our hundred and fiftieth wow. episode. What are, what number is this? One forty one. Anyway, that's phenomenal. Hey, shout out to my good friend Father Gregory, who has listened to every single episode. He it, with the asterisks. He think it doesn't count you that you don't have to listen to some of our mashup episodes remember there was times yeah, yeah, that yeah. we did that and i think I, I give a pass on that i think that's great. fair enough i went to the movies with him this weekend i saw the equalizer three and did you see one and two no okay but it's like just denzel washington taking care of business wasn't um dakota fanning a part of that too yes she was yeah, I and like she dakota was fanning. and she was the girl in man on fire yeah, which yeah, had kind of a good. similar vibe yeah to it. She was great. I really enjoyed the movie. Now, you, listeners might remember, I also saw Creed 3 without seeing 1 and 2. And afterwards, Seems to be a theme. I guess I just missed some of the early stuff, yeah. but um, Father Gregory said he liked it. He's a big Equalizer fan, apparently, and he told me the whole history of it, which was great. But apparently 1 and 2 are better than 3, but I thought 3 was actually really Is cool. Is there ever any movie that was the third that was better than the first two? I would, the first movie that comes to mind would be Return of the King. Okay. In the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And it was... Of, I'm not familiar with this Lord of the Rings. It, it was, uh, it's just a kind of cult favorite, okay, gotcha. not fairly obscure gotcha. set of books. Gotcha. Um, and I would say that, I don't know if I'd say if it was better than the first, I say it was, I say, I think, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the few trilogies that every single up. movie hits it. You know, and, and builds on the a other A lot one. like Friday the 13th, part one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. So we went to go see The Equalizer, and it's an R-rated movie. I don't oh, usually I go to R-rated this. movies. Yeah. The trailers, and this is why, the trailers and R-rated movies. That's what movies, Father Gregory said. He said it was so, well, it was like the movie that you and I went to that one day. It's like, oh, no, that? it was actually it was Father Gregory and I. Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. Like I mean, Saw 10? Yeah. What? I'm not familiar with that film. Uh, well, I, it's the 10th of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> part 10. <laughs> And I'm not oh. familiar with any of them. No, I've, I've not seen yeah. the first nine. Yeah, I and I don't think I'll see that one either. Have you seen Nefarious? No. You should see that. No, I'm not. Yeah. It's too yeah. scary. Yeah. But right. I'll I'll read the book. All right. But it's, you also went it's to called another the Bible. Movie. This was amazing. Yes. No, not to discount my time with Father Gregory, which was great. Um, Jurassic Park part was re-released for its 30th anniversary. Oh, so it was the original. It was the original oh, okay, in okay. 3D. Oh my goodness! It was it was really cool. So I brought my ten uh, year old son and my fifteen year old daughter, and Father Lewis from Haiti. We were you know, he was in town, and we went to go see it. Now, uh, my daughter and my son had seen the movie a couple times. You know, my son loves dinosaurs. It's just you know, my daughter's been in the room. It was a really interesting experience to be in a movie theater with them watching it. They were both grabbing my yeah, arms yeah, yeah. so tight, and I kept turning to my daughter, being like you've seen this before. And she's like, not in a theater, you know, yeah. like it's in the living room. The volume isn't super loud. They're on their phones and other stuff like that. It was really actually fun to see them experience a movie. 30 years. Do you remember where you were? I was at the theater. Do you remember what theater? <laughs> Probably Steubenville. Oh actually. my gosh. It was, so that seeing that movie was like a life moment for me. I, I was in Orlando, Florida. I was a senior in college and I went with a number of friends that worked uh, at the Improv Comedy Club with me. And we all just went 
because we were we had to wait in line for hours to get tickets ahead of time. You might not remember this, but the uh, the trailers of this movie showed no dinosaurs. The whole thing was like you're not going to believe what you're going to see because previous to Jurassic Park, they didn't have that kind of um, computer special effects. It was almost like a stop motion claymation type thing. And that first moment where they see the dinosaurs and you see the shock on their face, I just remember like there we were just there were just gasps in the crowd. I could not, I could not believe what I was seeing. We're just used to it today, but yeah, man, yeah, of course. at that of moment, course. it was new. It was different. It was actually incredible. as soon as you said that, I was in Washington D.C. I was in seminary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was it was pretty pr- impactful. It, it, you just never saw anything mm-hmm. like it again. You see it now in like TV shows, but phone, back in yeah. the day, man. Well, that's cool. So you guys had a good night. We had a great night. And by the way, it, it also speaks to just awesome directing because 30 years later, that movie is still awesome to watch. Yeah. It's really, really, even if you, even though you know everything that's coming, it's super, super fun. The rest cool. of the movies, not so much. That's one when they said we need a bigger boat. Um, right. That was, uh, that was a movie with a shark in yeah. it. It's called Soul Surfer. Oh, Okay, my bad. I yeah. get movies mixed up all the time. Yeah, yeah, it happens the all the time. The big thing, though, Notre Dame wins again, 56-3. The other teams have yet to score a touchdown on them. What? They haven't played anybody that's very good. Right, so. they're playing like peewee leagues. Is but that we're, correct? We're okay with that. Well, they played Navy, and then they played East Tennessee this week, which is, again, it's not a big school. Uh, but they won big, and they should win big. So 56-3, to uh, they play NC State. So they're on a good run here. Uh, LSU lost last night to Florida State. I, I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but that doesn't bother me at all. That will offend many, and many Colorado people. Wins. Do you follow this whole thing with Deion Sanders? Yes, Deion Sanders. They beat TCU. They, Wasn't TCU in the, the uh, champion? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They got yeah. killed, but yes, which is just crazy. He has something like 85 new people on his team. <laughs> I have a feeling he was a draw to that program. Okay, all right. The thing is, is they've won one game. Let's cool your jets a little bit before we put him on Mount Rushmore, okay? We'll see how it happens. You don't think that maybe Dion draws this kind of attention to himself? Oh my gosh, yes. I, I mean, like, so he's he's already putting himself on Mount Rushmore, and this That's was right. this That's was right. the evidence he his needed. His boy's the starting quarterback, his son. But yeah, so that was good. Oh, wait a second, really? His son is yeah, the starting yeah, quarterback? Yeah. That's kind of cool, actually. And then the U.S. Open, you've been watching that? Um, I've, I've, been, I've missed it. Okay. I've been trying to catch up on Strange New Worlds. Last night was interesting. So it was uh, uh, Coco Groff, who's a um, mm-hmm. uh, 19-year-old phenom American, really, really great tennis player. She played a woman by the name of Wozniowski, something like that. I know I okay. pronounced it wrong. Mike um, Wozniowski. She, it was the first time she's played in three years. A year ago, she was pregnant. She wanted to stop playing tennis to be able to start a family. Wait, is this Coco or the other person? The other person. Okay. Yeah, she actually used to be engaged to Rory McIlroy. Um, yeah, so she wanted to have a family. So she stopped playing tennis for, for three years, had two kids. One year ago today, she was actually pregnant, hmm. and she's already on top form and playing uh, pro- professional women's tennis. Did she beat Coco? No, Coco won. Oh, okay. Three sets, but it's still a good game. Yeah, that's still very yep. respectable. Yep, yep, it was good. And then the other big thing in uh, women's sports, because we follow quite a bit of women's sports, uh, volleyball, Nebraska. Yeah. All right. So first off, they're one of the top, uh, female volleyball teams in the country. Sure. It's the one of few programs that makes money. They make a million dollars a year. They've they've sold out something like 24 years in a row. Wow. To buy a ticket to go to a game, 180 bucks minimum. For a college? For a college volleyball. Women's volleyball right, game. Right, right. So they decided they wanted to break the record for most people watching a volleyball A women's game. volleyball yep. game, yeah. 
95,000 people. They oh did it gosh. outside in their uh, football stadium. Wow. It was the largest event watching a female uh, sporting event in the history of, of humanity. Even bigger than the World e- Cup. The World yep. Right, just because yeah. of the size of yeah. the stadium. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's really crazy. It was really crazy. And Nebraska won. They're, they're remarkable. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty remarkable there. Yeah. Uh, and the other is who do you think the top NIL, you know what NIL, name, image, and likeness, college athletes get paid? Okay. Yeah, that's you know a newer the, thing. Who the top number one person is right now making the so most money? This would be a college athlete who is getting his, his or her name, image, and likeness used. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be, but it's just paying students now. Okay. Right? It's just, that's just right. what it is. I have no idea. It's, it's not Deion Sanders' son, I guess. It is not, but it is somebody's son. Tom Brady's son? Does Tom Brady have a son that plays college sports? Um, LeBron James's son? Yes. Oh, okay. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Bronny James. <laughs> nice. Makes $6 million a year oh, playing wow. college basketball. How is he doing? Horrible. No, no, he no. Had, not he horrible. had a heart. He, he had, had a heart, heart issue. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Right. Um, I don't know. Okay. LeBron, uh, for the first time in his storied career, you know, they always put, um, they have stats and they put people on tiers, you know, tier one players, tier two players. Did, did he make tier one? He made tier two for the first time in his whole career. What does that LeBron. mean? LeBron. Well, it means he's slipping a little bit. Very, very slightly. Did I see slightly. that the United States basketball team lost to Lithuania <gasps> or something like that? Did we? We struggled against... Um, I think I saw that. Ooh. We'd have to look. We'll, we'll follow up on this next we'll, week. We'll folks. follow up on that. Because I so, know you're following... Uh, the world, what is it? Not the World Cup. What do they call the basketball? Yeah, it's like the, it's a basketball thing. It's pretty cool, actually. The world they've championships. Been, yeah, they've been, they've been playing pretty well. So, yeah, we'll check it out. Yeah, we'll check it out. And those are our sports. Before we get to our promo, uh, we have a few errors and omissions that we need to mention from previous episodes. All uh, my fault. Yes. Yeah, so last week, I, I gave a shout out to Therese, the son of Tom, but obviously Therese is not a son of, is a daughter of, and it's Therese. So Therese, my apologies. Shout out to you. Um, I kept referring to Shohei Otani as Oshani. And I would like to blame you for that because I don't do baseball. Well, I just thought you thought he was Irish. <laughs> I do so this. I do this with. Irish. I do this. I do this with Ahsoka, who okay, I keep referring to as Shoka. There you go. It's a Star Wars reference. There you go. Um, and uh, also in the news, uh, Jimmy Buffett passed yes, away. Yes, he did. You know, I went to college in Florida, and it's just hard to. It's just I don't know. I was I was really moved when I found out that he passed away. I wouldn't skin say that cancer. I'm a huge skin cancer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a huge Buffett fan, but like just being in Florida for so many years just became the soundtrack of my life at that we point. Wasted away in Margarita. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just great, great huge music, empire. but great vibes. I mean, he, he kind of just became an icon of a life oh, of a Florida lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and really leaned into it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I think he had some type of a melanoma, maybe. And, okay. And uh, for the last four years, he's been struggling with skin cancer. Yeah. So uh, we him. pray for his soul and you for know, all so those who love him. Talking, actually, we were. I was out with a group of people this morning, and they they were talking about him, and they said his life was just to make people happy. Yeah. I mean, that's what an entertainer like that does, and it's just it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, not controversial. No, not just, no, just play good music. Just play good people music. Have a good time. Yeah. 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 There's something beautiful about. Yep. That. Yep. Do we have? Is that it? Oh. Yeah. Well, we have oh. the promo now. Here's the promo, folks. You don't want to miss this one. No, you don't. They already hit the button. Fast forward. 
take the next step in your career. Oh, now they're definitely hitting the button. Earn your MBA online with Franciscan University. Our Master of Business Administration program is 100% online, and its flexible format means that you can learn on your schedule. You'll study under world-class professors, advance your business skills, and build a solid foundation in Christian ethics. You can also tailor your degree to your interests by earning a concentration in finance, leadership, or marketing. Most of all, you'll grow professionally and spiritually so you can transform the world wherever God calls you. Learn more at franciscan.edu slash MBA. That's franciscan.edu slash MBA. We should do that. Get an MBA? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I'm not running a business. I am. I know. Maybe you need one more than others. One quick shout out to our MBA, though, and our faculty in it. It's really beautiful to see a faculty that puts Christian ethics, you know, into into business. I think that is one of the... I mean, I think all of our programs do that beautifully, but particularly in the field of business and marketing and finance, you, you normally don't get a lot of people wondering... Is this the right thing to do? Well, this is just a side <laughs> note. Since we're going down this, this was totally unscripted what's about to happen here, oh. which is so unlike our show. <laughs> it's usually quite scripted. Well, it's interesting. The way you're um, saying it makes me think we scripted it and I forgot. No, the I no, we didn't. The, oh. Ivy, the Ivy schools traditionally have been producing doctors and lawyers. And there's something about altruistic, right? That, that mm-hmm. they're going to serve the community by medicine and law and all that. Yeah. Um, now it's all business. And they're troubled by this because it's people just want to make money. Mm. And that's one of the things that I actually really like about the, the way we go about our business school, the MBA as well as our undergraduate is, it's actually about creating something. It's sure, it's, there's nothing wrong with making money. In fact, right. it's absolutely necessary. Number one thing, business should make money. But if that's your sole purpose and you're not thinking about the people that you're serving or the people that are going to have jobs because of what you've done. So uh, I, I just agree with you. Our business program, it's one of our largest growing programs. It's, it's really a great opportunity. Yeah. So there you go. Amen. Uh, people, they, they thought they were going to like fast forward through it and they still got a little they bit of it. They still got a little we'll bit of it. But that's, that in there. We'll, that's totally, totally cool. Hey, I want to share with you an amazing story that came from one of our listeners who sent an email. Her name is Holly. Hey, Holly. Um, and Holly shared a beautiful story, which of course she gave me permission to share, about her daughter, Aliana. Now, I might have to fix that next time. Aliana? A-L-I-A-N-A. These are the things I realize only when I say it out loud. That's right, that's Maybe right. I should have prepped this segment just we a little bit more. One. We did. You listened to me blather on a little bit and you went like, yeah, you take that, Bob. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, Aliana suffers uh, from a mental health disorder. Uh, it's uh, The short name of it is Trich, and there's a longer, more fancy name that I'm not even going to try to attempt, uh, where you pu- you compulsively pull your own hair out, and it's classified as an obsessive-compulsive mm-hmm. disorder. You might imagine that during 2020, uh, that caused a lot of consternation and difficulty. So um, there's really no cure for what she's doing, um, but she eventually decided to you know, shave her head and she received a wig from a ministry, a, a nonprofit called Wigs for Kids. And what Wigs for Kids does is it provides wigs for children under 18 who suffer, whether it be from, uh, you know, chemotherapy, okay, cancer, so other things cancer like that. Yeah, too. yeah. Okay, and, okay. and what a simple and powerful ministry I can just share in my own family's life. I, I shared about a year or so ago about my niece uh, who had cancer and went through chemotherapy. You know, the the gift of a wig is like a yeah, restoration yeah. of a dignity. You know, it's, it's, uh, 
it's just a way to be moving forward and to really own what's going on. So it's really cool. Just in, in my parents' parish uh, in Arizona, they've got an adoration chapel, um, Saint Pellegrin. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. For cancer, right? I, I just, think okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So and they've actually collaborated with the American Cancer Society, and there's a small room there. To, if people have questions and that kind of thing in prayer, but also it's full of wigs hmm. so that people can come there. And again, it, for those of who, who don't need that, it may not sound like a big thing, but somebody right. who does need it, it actually, it's a really And to get a really real actual wig yeah. is thousands of dollars, by the way. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until this whole process began, you know, which is to say, like, you know, often it's donated by people. You know, mm-hmm. there's people that do, um, what's it, locks for locks love? For love. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll grow their hair out because you just can't really fake... Yeah, yeah, human sure. hair, and and it's a it's a really long process of of just making it look real. Uh, but what a gift! So anyway, uh, another fun thing that she ties into here is your favorite baseball team of all time, baby Savannah Bananas. The Savannah Bananas. So there is um, one of the players on um, in that league, Brett Hilton of the Party Animals. That's the team the Savannah Bananas play. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to the Macon Bacon's. We but don't know. We, we don't, don't know, know, but we won't ask these questions. No, we won't. He's raising money to cut off his hair at an upcoming game. I assume he has got a lot of hair, you know. And um, his goal is to raise ten thousand dollars, which they're earning through their nonprofit entity, which is wait for it, Bananas Foster. I that's, like that. that's it, I like and that. it's um, it. It celebrates the foster care community while educating and inspiring others to get involved. Uh, the 10K will go to help foster care families. And Wigs for Kids is chosen as the organization that will get Brett's hair, but also get the publicity. And they wanted to bring somebody up that was a Wigs for Kids recipient. And it's going to be That's so cool. um, Eliana. So we congratulations, Eliana. Thank you for standing up for that. And we got invited, we got invited. and we, just, we couldn't we do it. Because it's cool. But that's so cool. That I mean, would have been a great really thing to go funny, to. This whole thing of, with Savannah Bananas, there's a, an MLB player, and I can't remember who it was, who's totally- Was it O'Shani? Um, the oh, Irish player? O'Shani. Oh, <laughs> Let me, anyway. Um, no, he's really critical about them. It's like- Dude, lighten up. He goes, that's not even baseball. They're just having fun, and people love it. I mean, people go to those games. Yeah. So MLB, you need to lighten up and not take yourself quite so serious. Yes. So yeah. anyway, shout out. And, you know, I think and it's— prayers. And, and prayers, to be sure. And uh, it's a beautiful story, I think, anytime people come forward. And, you know, so many mental disorders or issues people just wrestle with in shadows and in darkness and they feel ashamed about. And even just coming forward is such a beautiful and powerful thing, especially for others. One of my, uh, one of my favorite basketball players, Kevin Love, yes, that's a great um, story. you know, had anxiety, panic attacks and just started coming out. And he was one of the first athletes to really bring about an awareness of mental health. You know, that's, um, Picture for the Kansas City Royals. Same thing. It's funny because, you know, he's famous. He's in front of all these things. Right. He struggles with anxiety. Yeah. You know, and it's really, it's yeah. just, it is. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, in my own life, um, you know, just uh, over the past year, I had a, uh, um, a situation where I took a, I was, I was kind of a little worried about my memory. So I took a memory test, failed it. And it was one of those things the doctor's like, wow, that's actually pretty serious. Um, you should linger with this for four months until we can get a follow-up <laughs> appointment. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And I was, adva- I was uh, eventually diagnosed with ADHD, and I've been on meds for the past couple months, you know, very light medication for it. But it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. But, you know, just wrestling with that, it, it's funny. I, I was a little bit disappointed. So when I got diagnosed, I'm like, gosh, do I tell people? So I decided to tell some close friends 
none of whom were surprised by this. In fact, it was almost like, hey, I got to tell you something serious. Oh, what? Well, I just got diagnosed with ADHD. That answers a lot yeah, of questions. Yeah, they're like, oh, that tracks. Yeah. I'm like, come on. And so apparently everybody in my life figured out, you, you probably have ADHD. When I was younger, it wasn't a thing. You know, as a teenager... It just wasn't something that people. I saw there was a comedian that did. did a comedian that did a piece on this, and and she goes, "I was offended when nobody was surprised." <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, "She goes, my best friend said to me, yeah, your mental illness was kind of like your middle name. I knew you had one, but I didn't know what it was.'" <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is honestly, is I was just dealing with a student the other day who's struggling with some anxiety, and she's been taking some medicine, and she was saying she feels like she's so defeated, and it's like. I've, I've been doing this long enough, right? It's right. The medicine is not the enemy. Right. I mean, the medicine is the one that's going to help an individual. Now, I'm not saying that you give medicine, it's the first step you take. I'm, I'm not getting involved in that. Yeah. But I think we, we treat mental illness different than we do physical illness. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. There's still a stigma that goes to it. There's still struggles that people go to that they don't feel like they can talk about. And and, and the reality is it's it's becoming more and more prevalent. And like for you, even in your mind, you said it kind of answered some questions for you that kind of helped it. You know, my first um, response to being diagnosed was, I'm not going on meds. And some of it was a negative experience as a youth minister, mm-hmm. you know, seeing kids on Ritalin or other right, things right, like right. that. And then I just started doing research. A, adult meds are different than teen meds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was me 20 years ago. Right. Like, you know, I, I looked into it and I'm like, okay, actually this... This looks like this could help. And I've been very grateful. You know, it's small doses, finding a good place. It just feels like I get a little bit of control back. You That's know, what like you it's said. not you as. You said you're more focused. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like my life went from being a cacophony of sounds to I get to focus on what I want to focus on. Yeah, but cool. I also had to remind myself that a diagnosis is not is a, is a it's description. Not, it's, it's not, not a definition. Right, right, right. You know, like, so I'm just somebody that has this. I'm sure many listeners have this as well. And I think the more we can just talk about it and normalize it, because it happens quite a bit, the better off we all are. And, and you're right. I think in terms of, you know, oh, there's something wrong with my brain. Well, you know, there's, you know, I, there's something wrong with my leg and I take aspirin. Right, right, you know? right. exactly, <laughs> I mean, exactly. we do this with everything else, but you're right. I think there's something about the mental health issue that's great. So, yeah. so again, the other, and, oh, I would say, and I would say that it's also true, especially in, no, that may not be fair to say, especially in, but also in faith communities. Mm. If I just believed more, if I just prayed more, you know, and <laughs> were you, if I could just have meditate you been reading more, my journal? Just, that was I, my first thing was, Lord, I don't want this. And yeah. so, Lord, I'm going to pray through this. I'm yeah. going to offer, and you're going to heal this because I've been a good boy, and that's what you do. Yeah. And uh, the months went on, and it was like, that's not the no, path no, of healing no, the Lord no. had for me. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And, and that's okay. Amen. Amen. That's cool, Bob. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Amen. I, we should have some other musical tag or something like that. Wasted away again, again in Margaritaville. Okay. So we've talked that we are going to spend the next several episodes. We had originally said three, but I think we're going to make it four. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Synod. Now the Synod's got a lot the of- synod on synodality. The Synod on Synodality. So why don't you just, can you give just a 3,000 foot level, what is the, the whole idea of synodality? The whole idea of synodality is asking the question, how do we communicate with each other? Uh, the word synod, synodia, actually appears in scripture in Luke- chapter two, uh, it's the story of finding Jesus in the temple. And it talked about how um, the families would caravan back and forth to the temple for celebrations. And that was that word synodia. A journey together. A journeying together, right? And that's another phrase you'll often hear in uh, synodal discussions. Interestingly enough, it was- Or, or accompaniment, is that the same? Um, 
I think it can be the same. I think it's all kind of under the, a similar umbrella of the way we look at it. It was actually the Synod on Youth, Faith, and Vocational Discernment that opened the eyes of a lot of bishops and cardinals. They invited young people to be a part of the conversation on youth, and they were so blessed by this. And it made them start wondering, gosh, the normal way we would do a synod is we'd bring in experts on a group of people, but we really never brought in the group of people before. Well, bringing in this group of people, these young people, hearing their stories, you know, there was like 300 people, and they just hung out with the Pope for a week. It was And these cardinals and other stuff for, for a whole week. That started making, apparently that was the beginning of a rethinking of, well, how do we do synods? You know, synods is a new, was a newer thing in the life of the church. It started happening after the Second Vatican Council. Previous to that, a pope would just write something on something, and that was the end of it. After the Second Vatican Council, it was Pope Paul VI that started to call synods, like let's have a synod on evangelization. And he wrote a document on evangelization. Let's have a synod on catechesis. He passed away. John Paul II comes in. He writes one on catechesis. And we start seeing all these synods. So now the church is trying to ask the question, are, how are we listening? How are we journeying together? Uh, how are we accompanying each other? And, and what needs to change in order to be more effective? I think there's a recognition, you can go into that, yep. of some disconnect of what happens maybe on the higher, more administrative levels of the church and the local experience of the faithful in different parts of the world. So in the center what it's called, some people are were quite anxious, particularly paying attention to what's going on in Germany. Yeah. The, the reality is, is the majority of bishops in Germany, in, in my mind, are just going off the rails. I yes. mean, they're like, okay, well then let's just scrap everything and let's start all over. And that's caused some people, particularly in the States, that's not fair, across the world to be anxious if this is where we're going. Can but I, I, can I yeah, ask a quick yeah, question yeah, about yeah. Germany though? It might be worth saying, because some people say, who put those guys in charge? Germany has this weird clause, right, where they get to pick their own bishops. Yeah, I don't totally understand it. It's in collaboration with, but yeah. not, as, not independent it, of. So Germany's, exactly Germany's always had a bit of a tension in the life of the, the church. Germany does the same thing. Yeah, where they, you know, even the Pope, like this was happening under Benedict, who was German. Yeah. Uh, even the Pope doesn't have as much say over who does what in some of those conferences, just from hundreds of years of history right, right. and something that was set up. Continue. Right. Well, so, yeah. So, they, I mean, they're, again, they're going off the edges and, and make a lot of people nervous about it. So when the Synod was called, the United States wrestled with, okay, well, how are we going to do this? So they gathered, I, I did some of the reading about it, uh, 700,000 people have been part of the discussion hmm. in the United States going into the Synod. Every diocese re, uh, came up with a report. I believe that there were 20,000 different reports that were written on different topics. Yeah. A couple of things that they tried to deal with first is um, just a real cynicism. It's like, what are we doing? Is it actually going to do any good? Right. Is this going to help the church? And then another is real suspicion. It's like, well, is this really a roundabout to bring about all these changes that that some people really don't want her against? So they're trying to wrestle with that. And then the other is, is that they were taking a look at it some of the struggles that we find in the church, uh, and it speaks of three things. Um, a woundedness of the church, and this is basically the church in America. Right. But and, it, it would, actually, yeah, we, should, yeah, we should clarify that. So this synod is happening in the United States. It's really happening in all the countries right, right, yes. in different levels. So now we're just kind of honing in specifically on the U.S. Right. Synod, on synodality. So some of the woundedness uh, because of the abuse crisis in the church so that we continue mm -hmm. to struggle with that wound, but also one of community. Uh, because of COVID, there's become an isolation. Obviously, for months, people weren't going to church, and they're still trying to figure this out. What does this look like? A population that says, you know, we were told our whole life that you had to go to church. And, and then and the church closed months, its yeah, doors. The, the, and, so there was right. really wrestling with, and, and some people not coming back and, and 
sadly, some people not missing it. And then the other is a division that they're experiencing in the church. And they're focusing specifically on division, yes, on the on the lay people, but a greater concern is actually a division that they see in the bishops. Mm. It seems like the bishops aren't getting along, the bishops aren't communicating, and then the relationship between the bishops and the Holy Father, depending on right. where you come down on that. So these are some of the issues that the church is dealing with as we're now going to look at the three things, which are communion, mission, participation. and participation. So those three elements of the church, and they'll be gathering in Rome in about, Three weeks now, right? Okay. Is that right? No, so actually, think, you know a little bit more about... Yeah, I think that's when the synod starts in about three weeks. Okay. Yeah, so those are the things that will... So, wait, the synod is happening in Rome. Yeah. It's a worldwide thing. It is. But there's American Right, so there's delegates, delegates right? There's delegates okay. that okay. are going to it. Um, fairly, even even the delegates becomes controversial. Who are um, the delegates? There's there's many delegates. Okay. There. So I think there's there's dozens of delegates. So, what they'll, they'll do is they'll take the work that the local communities, the local diocese, every diocese in the, in the United States has a report. They'll gather these reports and they'll take that. But again, you know, some of the individuals, I mean, most notably is Father uh, James Martin is one mm. of the delegates. So some people are very frustrated with that. But if you take a look at what one of the conversations about community, and again, we'll deal with this tomorrow or next week, uh, one, one could make an argument on why he's going to go. You don't necessarily agree with it, but you can see why they might have done that. Um, I think Bishop Flores is is one of the delegates. I mean, there's, again, there's... I've got a list here. Yeah. Well, the Cardinals are uh, Supich of Chicago, uh, McElroy of San Diego, uh, Gregory of D.C., and um, Tobin of Newark, Farrell, formerly Bishop of Dallas. Uh, let's see, who else is, uh, who else is going? Da, 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 da. And some would say that that, I, I think accurately so, that would be more of the progressive mm -hmm. uh, group of, of cardinals in the United uh, States. Cardinal Sean O'Malley will be there from Boston. Um, Archbishop Robert Prevost. Uh, yeah, I know Bishop Barron is going to be there. Archbishop Skirla, okay. uh, who is in, in the eparchy of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, there's a number of Can Canadians, Canadians. Yeah. Uh, right, mentions Father Martin. Um, Bishop Barron is one too, I believe. Well, the story continues below. I don't want to subscribe to the newsletter. Don't. I won't. Don't. Um, so, but it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know what comes out from this. There's not a great deal of clarity on what's going to be written or what the plan is yep. of, of what this particular synod is going to produce. Pope Francis has made it really clear this is not a referendum on church doctrine. This is absolutely right, and and some people have. You know, and maybe next week we can talk because some people are very critical of Pope Francis, and there are some things you can obviously struggle mm -hmm. with. Um, even on this, you know, some of the people that are being invited, like Father Francis, uh, James Martin, but the Holy Father's made it really clear what he thinks about, you know, the, uh, you know, a gay couple being able to adopt children, right. gay marriage. Uh, gay uh, sexual unions. I mean, so he's made it pretty clear about those things. But some people think that, again, it's just everything's going to go and do what's trying to happen in Germany and everything's going to go off the tracks. We pray, we continue to ask the Lord to bless and lead the church. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll see where it, what it leads us and where it gets to us. I think, you know, obviously we're always trying to focus on a hopeful vibe, which isn't just because that's the name of the podcast. Right. I think that's really how we, how you and I approach the world. And you know, the issues that the church is trying to wrestle with in the synodality is they're, they are real. Like this isn't like, oh, there's no problem here. We can just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Well, honestly, a great example of this, and, and we'll talk more specifically about it, is divorced Catholics. Mm. Now, 
some people are saying, and, and the Holy Father, he needs to, in my mind, he needs to be more clear about how he, what he sees and how he sees this moving forward. Yeah. But the question that the local diocese are asking is, how do we minister to them? Yeah. You know, it's not, a, you know, we let's have the question about what does it look like, communion, all those kinds of things. But the reality is, is we have a large population of people in our parishes that are in invalid unions. Yeah. What do we do? How do we minister to with them? How do we care for them? That's a question that we should ask. I yeah. Mean, we can get in the debates about some of the theology, about the indissolubility of marriage and all these kinds of things. Fine. But what do we do with these people that are in our parish uh, they want to be in our community. They want to be a part. That's that's a really good question for us to be able to ask. The biggest challenge, and many of you that work in parish life know this, like it's those that got married in the church but didn't know Jesus, were just yeah, exactly. you know, family, the marriage didn't work out, things happen, they have a profound conversion to the Lord, they come back into the church, they now yeah, want to get married. Some of them ignorance. Yeah, so, well, and like then they find out, oh, well, sorry about that because that previous, and there's just a mess there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, anybody that works in RCIA, it's a, absolutely. it's a pastoral mess. It's absolutely. And it's easy to shrug and be like, well, too bad. Um, well, that's not a great answer. And so it's going to be And this is what we talked about last week. Forward, this is what we talked about last week, Bob, is, is let's have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss it. Let's debate it. Let's discern it. Yeah. But we can't just not talk to each other. We can't just say, oh, you are so wrong. Or, oh, this is a slippery rope. If we talk about this, then then everybody's going to be invited to commit. That's not what they're asking. They're asking, what do we do? And priests are asking, how do we minister to these people? We need to have that conversation. That has been one of the things that Pope Francis has been, uh, you know, caused a lot of controversy with, is that he's looking at the controversial topics. He's, and I think um, more people have thought he would go left, you know, off the rails, whatever, than he has in in things that he's done. So I would just say, let's uh, continue to pray for the church, pray for the synod that the Holy Spirit would guide the church to help us, you know, bring unity in the life of the faith. You know, let's believe in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit who writes straight with crooked lines all the time. Um, And let's be more open to conversations, to synodality. And Mm. maybe this would be my last point on it is to say, you know, the things that we click on on news stories are usually the scandalous ones. And I do that too. I would much... I would much quicker to click on a headline that says priest found in scandal than youth group serves elderly, right? Mm -hmm. And so, too, a lot of the news, if you just do the surface level of it, you're just going to hit all the scandals and all the opinions. So I would just encourage you, A, keep praying, and B, maybe dig a little deeper as the Senate is going on. We're going to do our best to keep you informed of what's happening there. Um, But again, approach it with the spirit of hope and a spirit of faith that the Lord will do something awesome and help us communicate better as a church. Amen. Amen. You can do it or am I? Um, I'll do it. All right. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made us a part of a community. And Lord, uh, community is tough. Even in your own family, Jesus, uh, there were those that wanted to pull you away because they thought you were crazy. Help us, Lord, love our family, love our brothers and sisters, give us the grace. Help us to have the difficult conversations that needs to happen within the context of the life of the church, or even just in our own personal lives, oh God. We live in uh, such an era and time of division and difficulty. I pray especially for any marriages that are struggling or any families that are struggling, Lord God, uh, that you would bring your peace, your joy, and your wisdom on how to bring resolution, uh, whatever that resolution might look like. Lord, help us keep our eyes fixed on you and trust that as we seek your kingdom, you will take care of all the rest. May the blessing of Almighty God be upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Give us, Bob. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you, everybody, uh, for all your emails, uh, all your support. You can shoot us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. Dot edu. Yeah, you just went a little ahead there. Let's just redo the whole. We're just going to redo the whole podcast. The whole podcast because yeah. we messed up that dot edu. Yeah. Good yeah. idea. Yeah. Welcome to They That Hope. <laughs> Wasting away again. <laughs>